Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here with Breck Rice, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at ServeRx. Hey, Breck, how's it going? Great, great. How are you doing, Andy? Doing great. Pleasure to have you here. I'm excited about our conversation. Tell me a little bit about ServeRx and what you do over there. Yeah, we uh, uh, founded ServeRx uh, about uh, 12 years ago now um, when there was a need in the, the market uh, to do exactly what we do. We're a third-party billing partner or a third-party payer for uh, community pharmacies, um, specifically for the workers' compensation claims. So unlike all of the other uh, claims that uh, that you would process, Medicare, Medicaid, commercial payers like your health benefits, you uh, always pre-enroll. You already are enrolled in those programs. Um, you know what the benefits are, but in workers' comp, no one is, is pre-enrolled. They only get enrolled after the injury occurs. And so there's this gap between the time that somebody got hurt and when they need services. So we step in, fill that gap, take care of the patient same day, no delays, no hassles, and uh, then mitigate the risk for our pharmacy partners so that they can dispense those needed medications without being at risk for them. So we, we take on that burden for them. I love that kind of a service. And, and coming from the healthcare space myself, I deeply understand that the that, that workers' comp area is a confusing one. Tell me a little bit about the origin of the company. How did you, how did you get into this space and uh, and and how have you been growing the company? Yeah, so I've been I've personally been in the same space for 20 years now. I started back in 2003 with a little third-party biller out of Memphis, Tennessee. Understand you have uh, some family back in that area. Uh, worked for for this company with a nice little generic name for third-party services called Third Party Solutions. So TPS, as most of the pharmacies back in the day day knew them. So I went to work to head up their community pharmacy division. Uh, wonderful program. Uh, was the first, you know, the grandfather of our industry to do that very work that I talked about, you know, taking care of patients same day, helping mitigate the risk for the pharmacies so that they could move on, you know, not have to make a lot of eligibility phone calls and get approvals from payers and do all that. They could just build a script and move on to the next one. Um, so was there uh, out in 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 uh, the Memphis market that we had about 70%, 75% of the market share. We had one competitor uh, that we eventually acquired. And then we had every pharmacy in the country using this program. Well, a big pharmacy benefit manager, PBM, saw the opportunity to uh, own that uh, that funnel, if you will, of all this first field data coming in and and uh, redirect those those claims into their networks so that they could make you know millions and millions of dollars and and so that was uh, when I saw the writing on the wall I I hadn't signed up to to be a part of that uh, you know any PBM because that's a four letter word in the pharmacy industry pharmacies don't like the PBMs. Um, and they, you know, have some real good reasons for that we could get into if you want, but, uh, but that left a hole in the marketplace and, and I was in the process of onboarding a client out in, uh, Arizona 
that did point of care dispensing. So they they had um, you know a pain practice, did anesthesiology, uh, pain, and uh, wanted to make it convenient for their patients to be able to just you know pick up whatever other prescriptions were needed right then and there, and and again focusing on those work related injuries. And I had to pull the contract in the 11th hour and say, I'm sorry, I can't finish this contract. The company's kind of going a different direction. The, uh, uh, the, the individual I was working with was smart enough to ask the right questions to say, well, you know, who else is out there that could do this for us? And there wasn't anyone, but I had the, the contacts and was able to, to connect the dots for him, get him set up with a chief uh, uh, architect who built the platform that we were using out, out in Memphis. He had left the company a couple of years before, so he didn't have any non-competes. He was able to come out here to Arizona and, and help uh, build the new uh, platform. Uh, my right-hand person out in Memphis also didn't have any non-competes in place, and so she could come out and kind of help get things uh, set up. I had to, to uh, hide under a rock for a couple of years. I, my my going away present from the uh, the new uh, company was um, was a temporary restraining order. They didn't want me to go out and tell the industry what was about to happen to them. You know that hey, remember those uh, 60, 70, 80 dollar reimbursements you used to get from us? Well, now they're going to turn into four dollars. Are you cool with that? Wow. So they didn't want that uh, that word getting out right away, and so um, so I had a, a two year non uh, or. Uh, was a non-compete and then also a temporary restraining order or, or gag order basically to not talk to the industry. So after that ran its course, then we picked up where we left off. I call it the new and improved third-party solutions um, because it's 20-year newer technology that we uh, that we have now and it's, uh, it's ServRx. So we're serving that same community pharmacy industry. We're contracted with about 20,000 pharmacies nationwide serving patients in all 50 states. Fantastic. I love the entrepreneurial spirit of all of that. Um, tell me a little bit about, like unpack this workers comp kind of situation for me a little bit. It's a it's a confusing area, I think for most people. Um, and, uh, and And there's always a lot of questions about it. Maybe start out with, you know, the patient side of it, because that's where it always starts. Um, so patient gets injured, uh, workers comp situation, take it from there and how where, where your company uh, provides service in that whole. Chain. Yeah. So the, so the injured patient is going to end up going to, you know, a doctor that's kind of going through the same thing that we do for the pharmacy on the medical side, because they have to, you know, verify that it's truly a, a um, work-related injury that, you know, the injury didn't happen at home and, and the patient's just trying to pass it off as being, uh, you know, that it was work-related. So they have their own issues in, in, you know, getting that all verified and approved on their side. Um, on the pharmacy side, prior to uh, a program like ours, uh, community pharmacies had to figure it out on their own. They would have to, you know, pick up the phone, maybe call the employer. Hey, you know, first off, does this person work for you? Okay, well then who, you know, who covers the workers comp? Now employers can do a couple of different things. They can be self-insured where they're the actual payer for that claim. So those would be the self-insured, um, uh, maybe like a trucking company, like uh, uh 
you know, uh, CR England or, or Swift uh, Transportation, they, they'd be a good example of a, of a big self-insured employer. Or they might, that employer group may use uh, Liberty Mutual, Travelers, Hartford uh, to be the underwriter and, and kind of, uh, you know, mitigate their risk. There's even a hybrid where uh, the employer will pay up to maybe 250000 and then have it roll over to a reinsurer. Uh, to cover them for anything catastroph catastrophic. So there's a, a lot of different scenarios and poor pharmacy had to figure that out. They had to figure out who do we bill this to. And so a lot of pharmacies in the olden days would turn it away. The, those poor injured workers would have a hard time picking up their prescriptions unless they had a personal relationship with the pharmacy and the pharmacy knew them and said, hey, Andy, I know you, you're in here you know, picking up your kids' uh, antibiotics all the time or whatever, you know, we're neighbors, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and dispense these medications to you. What's key about the workers' compensation program is that it's an entitlement. That employee, that injured worker doesn't have a copay. So it's 100% covered uh, for them, and so there's no copay. And so that's why the pharmacy would be at 100% risk if they dispense that medication to the patient. They're basically letting drugs walk out the door without knowing whether or not they would get reimbursed for them. So third-party payers stepped in to do all the heavy lifting of making all those phone calls. It's quite a few phone calls that have to be made in order to get the, the claim verified, approved. And then, of course, there's the whole billing and collection side of it. And in most payers, you know, you a lot of them are great, right? They get the invoice and they take care of it. Some of them you have to remind them, hey, you have an invoice, and you might have to rebill and rebill and rebill until uh, until they pay for that medication. So uh, we do all that heavy lifting so that the the pharmacy doesn't have to. That's great. Yeah, I, I, it's such a confusing part of the business, and it's really not a core competency, especially for a pharmacy. Um, and oftentimes the patient is the one left holding the bag going, I, I, all I need is some help here. Um, do you interact with patients as well as part of the service that you provide? Are, are patients calling you or is it mostly uh, you working with the pharmacies and, and the insurance companies? Yeah, mainly the pharmacies. Uh, we're, we're their partner, but um, we quite often get um pharmacies referred to us by a patient. So a patient was able to get their, their prescriptions without any hassle, delays, or out-of-pocket expense. And now they move, you know, somewhere else and they they try to go to a pharmacy and get that filled. And, and the pharmacies kind of going through that whole process with them. They're like, hey, just call ServRx. They'll take care of it. Right. And sure enough, we do uh, for them. So um, so yeah, so that that's our interaction with the patients is they they love the program because we take good care of them and and uh, and so we get a lot of referrals from actual patients in workers' compensation. Makes a lot of sense. Talk to me a little bit about the business side of of the company. How do you generate revenue? Yeah, so um, there's as a third party payer, we're going to contract with uh, our pharmacies at a set predetermined rate. And it's based off of the average wholesale price of the medication. So we pay a percentage of whatever the state of jurisdictions uh, state fee schedule is. So each state, this is one of the other complexities to workers comp and why there's a, such a barrier to entry is that you have to know the rules and regulations 
uh, of 50 different states, a couple of different controlled territories, and they're constantly changing and moving. So you've got to keep up with all that on the on the regulatory side. Um, but each state uh, either establishes a state fee schedule, usually a state industrial commission gets together and decides what a fair reimbursement would be, or it could be a uh, UNC uh, state, which is just usual and customary. And so then you're looking at what the average price is for reimbursement for that medication. So we establish uh, a set reimbursement um, that's usually about 70% of whatever the state fee schedule is. So you would think that there must be a 30% profit margin there. No, there's not. Um, we, we set that so that it's a guaranteed reimbursement to our pharmacies. They're getting 70%, um, but we're, we're going to get short paid. We're going to get no pays. We're still guaranteeing to the, to the pharmacy. So we're living off of about a 6 or 7% margin, even when there was a 30% spread there, just because gotcha. of short pays. Now, right. to the pharmacy, 70% um, is amazing. They love that payment because what the pharmacy benefit managers, the PBMs are paying them are like minus 65, minus 70%. There's one program that's minus 88%. Wow. Very few medications can even be dispensed at a break-even point at minus 88. That means the pharmacy is having to dispense those medications below even their acquisition cost. It's so confusing for the consumer. I, I can imagine, you know, all of the complexities that you have with your uh, with your clients when you're selling this into a pharmacy. Who in the pharmacy is your buyer? Who's the who's the main decision maker? Yeah, in our uh, independently owned pharmacies, you know, these are they may be second, third generation uh, pharmacists running the, their their own independent pharmacy. It's you know, it's the owners. That we're talking to in that situation. If it's a, ch a chain, a larger group, maybe a regional chain like a Southeastern Grocers down in, in Florida, you know, with 300 locations, then we're dealing with a, a managed care a contracting group, specifically doing the contracting with all the payers. Talk a little bit about educating those people, right? Because there's a lot of education that goes into what you do. Uh, naturally, I'm curious to to hear a little bit about what kind of value content marketing has added to your overall mix. As a, as a content marketing guy myself, I love hearing how companies are embracing telling their story through content. How are yeah. you doing that? Yeah, so we we will go out and partner with um, a pharmacy services organization. So um, there's PSAOs. The big wholesalers have their own pharmacy services arms. So McKesson, you know, has their, uh, their uh, managed care and, and pharmacy services arm. Uh, Cardinal has theirs, Marisforsbergen has theirs. So we go out and partner with them to be a value added service to all the other offerings that they have. Then they're actually marketing our services on our behalf. So we'll, uh, we'll give them a, a, you know, a overview of the program um, that they're then blasting out to their members. Um, and then we'll do campaigns where uh, we'll follow up behind that information that initially came out, uh, you know, from their pharmacy services organization. And then we'll follow up with our own, um, 
you know, email campaigns. Sometimes it's even a fax blast, which you might think is pretty old fashioned to still use fax. But I'll tell you, a, a community pharmacist will check their incoming faxes before they ever check their email because uh, that's where the prescriptions are secure is through uh, through fax. And it's not the old you know, fax machine on the on the back counter with the thermal paper that comes out of it. It goes into their computer. You know, it shows up in their inbox as yes. an electronic fax. But sometimes we'll do fax cam campaigns. Then we follow that up with an outbound call campaign. So we uh, we make outbound calls. A team of of uh, account managers will will call those those individual pharmacy locations. Make sure that they got the information that was sent out. And it's a it's it's really once the program's explained, it's a no-brainer. They either have a need for us or they don't. If they have workers' comp uh, claims, they want to use us. It's, it's a zero cost to them. It doesn't cost them anything to get enrolled or set up. In fact, it might cost them fifty or sixty dollars if they don't use us, right? Because that's how much they're going to lose per transaction by sending it somewhere else. Great service. Do you do you work with, uh, with with providers at all, or is it strictly pharmacies? Yeah, I'm so glad that you asked that question because that's really how we got started, right? Back in the uh, olden days, the original startup of of ServRx uh, was supporting those point of care providers. Um, there have been a lot of management groups that have kind of stepped in and gotten in the middle um, to to help manage that and set those programs up and. And um, and they've done a good good job um, in in doing that. But you know the providers are getting a little more savvy now. They they know how to run some of these businesses on their own. Um, they've gotten disclosed by every other payer too, right? So they've got to figure out new ways of generating revenue. And um, as you can kind of see on my my background here, you know my two things underneath my logo is that I'm I consider myself a healthcare disruptor. And then my hashtag is remove the middleman. So when we can remove the middleman, like the PBM, the pharmacy benefit manager, uh, and take their hand out of the pocket, then it, it's a win-win situation. We can do the same thing for providers as well. There's middlemen there too that are, you know, maybe those providers are only seeing about 50% of what they actually could get in reimbursement if they were to go direct. Love it. Love the whole direction of the company. Tell me, I guess for my last question is, what, what would you like to be celebrating a year from now? Yeah, we're really uh, anxiously entering uh, into the um, the managed care side for helping self-insured employers, because now we have this wonderful network of community pharmacies that are right in their backyard. Why send a script across the country to some mail order in Boston you know, if you're in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, let one of your local community pharmacies take care of, of your patients. So we have these really uh, fabulous programs that, that are helping uh, self-insured employers save uh, about 25, 30% on what, they're, uh, what they were spending on a, a pharmacy program, again, specifically for workers' comp. And then it also helps keep the revenue local to where those employees work. Those are great benefits. Great, great on both sides of the table there. Well, Breck, it's been a pleasure talking with you and learning more about ServeRx. Tell, tell anybody who's listening here how they can find you. Yeah, I'm the only Breck L. Rice on LinkedIn, so that's a really easy way to find me. Um, and then my email is just simply my first name, B-R-E-C-K at Serve, S-E-R-V-R-X dot com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Breck. It's a pleasure talking Thank with you. Thank you, Andy. This has been fun. 
Great. Likewise. Thank you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.